Knowing how to speak and understand a new language can be an invaluable tool when traveling, meeting new friends, or just even to master a new skill. But it's not always simple when you're bogged down by textbooks and structure classes. That's why so many people trust Rosetta Stone. Rosetta Stone is the most trusted language learning program, available on desktop or as an app. It truly immerses you in the language you want to learn, like Spanish, French, Italian, Chinese, and more. You won't just be studying English translations. The Rosetta Stone intuitive process helps you pick up a language naturally, first with words, then phrases, then sentences. Don't put off learning that language. There's no better time than right now to get started. For a very limited time, listeners can get Rosetta Stone's lifetime membership for 50% off. Visit rosettastone.com rs10. That's 50% off unlimited access to 25 language courses for the rest of your life. Redeem your 50% off at rosettastone.com rs10 today. You could spend the weekend doing the same old whatever, or you could conquer the weekend in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. Hour two, You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. PJ Glasser, Mark Drumheller, filling in for Nick and Ken. Mark and I actually with you for the rest of the week. So we'll be on tomorrow's show, Friday's show as well. Got a jam-packed next uh, three hours for you guys up until 7 o'clock Eastern time. For the next two hours, we will be on Stadium, so you can go over to watchstadium.com. You can check us out there. We are still on Sirius Channel 160, Sirius XM 205, also on twitch.tv slash betql and YouTube backslash Odyssey Sports. But we're going to have our first guest of the show join us, Kenny Ducey. You can follow him on Twitter, X, at Kenny Ducey. Betting analyst for the Action Network, the GameDayCovers.com contributor, and you can find him on the Tennis Channel as well. Kenny, always great to see you, man. We will get into a little bit of tennis with you later on, but pitchers and catchers have reported today. Very exciting that, uh, that baseball is back. Which team are you like the most torn on this season that you're like going back and forth on one day? Maybe you wake up and you really like this team. And then the next day you're like, I don't know if I can bet them. It's interesting. You ask. Cause I always thought I, I, first of all, I'm glad to fill your Ken quota for the day. You know, you got to have a Ken on this show. So I'm happy I could do that. Yeah. Um, but you know, it's an interesting, it's an interesting question. Cause I was figuring maybe what team are you excited about? It's a great question. Um, and I think the team that I'm excited about that I'm also torn on is the Chicago Cubs because I love the Cubs to win this NL Central Division. I know the Pocota projections from my friends at Baseball Prospectus uh, had a great time working there in the past. Um, you know, they came out and they love the St. Louis Cardinals and odds makers love the St. Louis Cardinals as well. And I just I can't get behind it with the rotation that's going to have Steven Matz and Lance Lynn in the middle of it. It's I, I and on top of the fact that like. Basically, I think a lot of the weight here is is on Jordan Walker's shoulders to, you know, elevate this offense to an elite level and a division winning level. So with that, like I've been I was all over the Cubs last year live, uh, so to speak, during the, the, the home stretch there to win the division. And I still sort of like them here. The question that I have, though, like the reason I'm torn is that I a lot of the handicap here for me is that I think they're going to get a lot of help from their farm. Matt Shaw, who's been an excellent minor league player in just a very short time after they drafted him in the first round last year. I think we might be able to see him by the end of the season playing second base. I think he's an amazing hitter. 
Ben Brown is an incredible pitcher. He had an amazing double A, struggled when he got triple A. Perhaps they put him in the bullpen. Uh, and Cade Horton as well has emerged as one of the top pitching prospects in baseball. There's a lot of guys that are going to come in, I think, and help the Cubs either late this year, second half, or next year. So the question for me is, like, how much of an impact do they make this year? Because as it stands right now, you've got a lot of weight on Amanga's shoulders. Kyle Hendricks did figure it out last year, but, like, you know, he's he is very old. He's 34 years old and he's not exactly a guy that uh, had a lot of consistency because he's a ground ball pitcher. They lose Marcus Stroman. There are a lot of question marks here. And, and again, you know, the magic of Mike Talkman at the top of that lineup. Like, what's he going to look like this year? Is he going to be able to repeat that campaign? And oh, by the way, they still have not re-signed Cody Bellinger. So I really want to bet them right now. I, I think they're going to win the division. I think the vibes in, in Chicago are very good. I think they've done a great job developing this team. But there are just a lot of question marks here. So I actually think the team that I'm most excited about in a division race, I'm also sort of torn on because like I could absolutely see the Cubs being a year away from really winning this division and really contending for a pennant and even a championship. Kenny, last year's World Series, we saw some new blood, right? Some surprise teams, Rangers, Diamondbacks. Um, give me your opinion on just what we should expect out of those teams coming into the year. And if there's a team that's outside of that top tier, maybe the top five teams on the odds boards, that we could have our eye on that could be, you know, the Rangers or the Diamondbacks of this upcoming season. Yeah, I mean, I think a lot of people, right, would love to say the Baltimore Orioles here. But as you mentioned, you're looking for a long shot. The Baltimore Orioles at 14 to 1, now the expectations are on their shoulders and they are really anticipated to have uh, a, at least a pennant winning season here, perhaps even winning the division over the New York Yankees. So it's a tough question to answer. I'll first just talk about the Diamondbacks. I am very low on them. I was low on them all postseason last year. They were the team of destiny. Congratulations. I, I like their pitching staff, but this team just cannot hit. Corbin Carroll, yes, he's amazing. He might be one of the top five hitters in baseball this year. I don't think that matters. I just don't think there's enough complementary pieces on this lineup. They lose Dominic Fletcher, we'll talk about in a second, or maybe we won't talk about, but I like him to win Rookie of the Year. Um, but, you know, I think that there are plenty of concerns with this Diamondbacks offense. It was just really bad all year last year. Um, they kind of found the hits they needed in October, but... The NL also was a pretty, you know, easy path. I mean, I think the the Dodgers, some of their roster decisions, not putting Rosario on the roster, having some bad starts early in that uh, that series, cost them that series against the Diamondbacks. I would not expect the Diamondbacks to repeat in that scenario. Uh, the Texas Rangers, you know, I I think they have a much better chance of returning to the the, the World Series. If we're being honest, I really like Wyatt Langford. He should get a lot of at bats this year. Year really the first full year of Evan Carter. There's a lot to be excited about, even if you think that Marcus Simeon's going to regress, which he absolutely could. So the, I think the Rangers have a much better shot of getting back there than the Diamondbacks do. If you're looking for something a little bit off the board, no, I hate the Seattle Mariners. You're never going to get me to say the Seattle Mariners are going to be a championship contending team, not with that offense. Not, not. I mean, they have like two good hitters. Give me a break. I actually like the Minnesota Twins. Um, and a lot of it has to do with the fact that I really also like Royce Lewis to win MVP. I think you put him back on there at number two in that lineup. I think hopefully you get 110, maybe 120 games out of him. But the pitching staff should still be very strong. I know they lost Sonny Gray, but there's still a lot to be excited about. The division for them should be very attainable. 
And it's one of those teams, right? They just have a lot of guys, a Matt Walliner, you know, Byron Buxton, if he, again, plays 100 games, like they have guys that hit the ball hard that can be productive offensive players. And you feel like it would be impossible for them not to put together one really good season um, and recapture some of the magic they had last year. I mean, this was a very good team last year. So I think them and the Cubs, to be honest, on both sides of the, uh, the, the coin here would be my picks to be sort of a long shot to win. And uh, who knows, man, maybe the San Francisco Giants. I, you know, look, I've hated Robbie Ray for a long time. I don't like the way he profiles as a pitcher. But if there's one team that's going to figure him out in that giant ballpark, it's the San Francisco Giants. Maybe they're able to replace him. They got a couple of international free agent signings as well. They could find some magic here. No, they're not going to win the NL West. But could they sneak into a wild card? Maybe make some noise in the postseason? I think that absolutely is a possibility. So, Maybe the Giants is a very long shot, but I think in terms of the much more manageable long shots, the Twins and Cubs, I think I'm still looking at. Kenny, I'm looking at the AL MVP market right now, and no surprise, like Soto's towards the top and Judge and Alvarez and all these guys. Mike Trout is all the way down at 22 to 1. Obviously, he's been dealing with injuries for the last couple of years. No more Otani, and the Angels are probably going to be one of the worst teams in the American League, but this is Mike Trout. Like, would he be worth a play to you at 22 to one at all to win American League MVP? Honestly, PJ, I think so. And I think the what I always stress when we talk about these markets is that it's a human market, right? It's not like you're talking about home run leader or uh, a team that has to go out and win you know, 90 games or win the division. Like there's, it, it's it's a human element to it, right? There's voters at play here. There are people that, that are going to say to themselves, well, we didn't give Mike Trout the MVP, you know, two or three times when he deserved it because of voter fatigue. And there was another guy maybe a little more deserving. I really kind of feel like there could be a path here for Mike Trout to, to put himself in position to win another award, just because I feel like if he's close, if he's maybe like if there's a debate between him and I don't know a Corey Seager, I think there could be a case here where the voters go, well, he kind of should have gotten one a few years ago. We'll give him this one, or I'll vote for him. No one else is going to vote for Mike Trout first, right? So I'll just do it. And then, all oh, by the way, uh, you know, a lot of people had the same thought, and he might, he manages to win narrowly. I, I think that there's certainly a case to be made here for taking him at that number, just given the fact that there's the human vote element, um, but and also. You know, you look at a lot of the favorites. Yeah, Soto, I, I think there's going to be high expectations on him. I think we have to remember that last year for the first half, this guy wouldn't swing the bat. And the Yankees do really preach on base and power. So maybe he's not going to swing the bat uh, again to start his Yankees tenure. I hopefully, uh, hopefully for my sake, for watching good baseball here on cable and in person, he does. But Aaron Judge, you know, missed a lot of games last year. Jordan Alvarez missed a lot of games last year. Julio Rodriguez is up here at the top, I, and he had a bad season for his standards. He had a great rookie year and regressed last year. Like, do you want to bet him at that number? No. Kyle Tucker is a good option. But I think when you run down the list, Gunnar Henderson certainly should not be up there. Give me a break. Um, so I, I think Mike Trout is absolutely a good one. But as I mentioned before, my pick here is Royce Lewis because obviously, yes, you could make the argument he's injury prone and you know there's you can't trust him to stay on the field. I would argue, like I said, Alvarez and Judge played uh, 110 and 115 games or something like that last year. Royce Lewis, from when he came back from injury till the end of the year, was one of the top five or excuse me, top six players in WRC plus in the American League. He was that good. So if you just get 120, 130 games out of Royce Lewis, given the injury concerns up and down the board and the regression candidates here or a guy that regressed last year and Julio Rodriguez, 
I think there's a very good argument to be made that Royce Lewis could jet up this leaderboard into the top three uh, in just a few months if he manages to stay healthy. And the Twins, they put him at third base. They're trying to minimize the risk there. And I would also mention that the guy tore his ACL twice, and he still put up top five numbers or top six numbers in the American League last year. So I think he may be Superman, and I don't think there's anything that can kill this guy. He's just going to continue to play well as long as he's on the field. Great stuff. So NL Cy Young, let's shift over to that real quick. Two NL East pitchers at the top, Spencer Schrider, Zach Wheeler from Philadelphia. How do you see that race playing out? Is there any targets on the board maybe a little further along that we should be looking at? Well, I'm glad you mentioned Zach Wheeler because he's, you know, been a guy that I've sort of backed for uh, Cy Young like three years in a row now. And he just continues to dominate. You know, you know that the peripherals were there for him last year, even though he struggled at the beginning of the season. He managed to find it. And I honestly agree with you that if you look for value here in the awards market, I think NL Cy Young is probably the place you want to go just because Spencer Strider, although he's not a strong favorite, he is the favorite. And he is going to impact the, you know, the way that Justin Steele, for example, is priced. And Spencer Strider finished the year in kind of disastrous fashion. I mean, this guy has really relied on his incredibly high strikeout numbers to, to manage to get through some of these starts and get himself in the position for the Cy Young Award win. And I look, I think that Spencer Strider is the second best pitcher next to Zach Wheeler in the National League. I think there's a very good argument for him being one. Uh, certainly he's top two. But, you know, when you look at the home runs here, there's always a concern because, like I said, you know, yes, he strikes out higher than I believe 35% of his hitters. It's insane, right? And it doesn't really matter if you give up home runs at that number when you strike out guys like that. But everyone sees regression at some point in the strikeout numbers, even if Spencer Strider strikes out, let's just say 32% of his batters, right, that he faces. That's still an elite number. That's still going to be maybe even number one in baseball. But he's going to probably run into a little more trouble if he's giving up more contact and put in guys are putting more balls in play because when guys put balls in play against him, things don't usually go that well for Spencer Strider. So I think there's a little bit of a risk factor taking him, but again, you look at some of the other options. I think Logan Webb's a fine option as well. I, I don't disagree with his pricing. I disagree with Zach Gallon's pricing based on how he pitched last year. I would say Justin Steele at plus a 1600, 16 to one, you might be able to get a better price. That's a guy I'm looking at because he, for a long time, or I wouldn't say a long time, but probably a month and a half, two months there, looked like the NL Cy Young before you know guys overtook him late in the year. Um, I do think that he can win this award. I think he's going to be the main reason why the Cubs are in position to win this division, uh, given the fact that now you lose Marcus Stroman, who was very good for them if they don't re-sign Cody Bellinger, and the Cubs still perform well like I expect. I think Justin Steele is going to get a lot of the credit, and he could certainly be a guy to look at. But, um, you know, there's obviously, a, honestly, a lot of interesting names on this board because of what I mentioned with the risk concerns uh, with some of the top guys. But, you know, Bobby Miller is a guy that just continues to get better with every week in the big leagues. I think he could take a big leap here. So those are the two long shots I'd be looking at. I'd stay away from Tyler Glass now because that guy's going to pitch like 100 innings. The Dodgers just... Definitely don't want him to get hurt again before the postseason. Um, and uh, Freddie Peralta pitches four innings to start, so I don't know how you could justify taking him here. But I would say Steele and Bobby Miller are my two long shots that I like. Kenny, we got about a minute left. You were, you were mentioning some guys on the Dodgers. Obviously, Otani signs that 10-year deal. If I said over, under, during that contract, the next 10 years, the Dodgers two-and-a-half World Series with Otani, would you go over or under? Uh, 
I'd, I think I'd go under, honestly, just because it's such a volatile market. Are you, well, 10 years is a long time, but I think ultimately what you're getting and what you're paying for is like five elite years from Otani. And I think the last half of that contract, you know, I think the reason you sign him is because of all the money he brings in, all that stuff. I think what you're really, you're going to get Otani, Otani for five years, and you're only getting him pitching for four. Um, but I mean, it's tough for me. It's a tough call. I mean, I do feel like the Dodgers farm, at least on the hitting side, has regressed a little bit. Like Miguel Vargas was supposed to be God and he turned out to be, you know, just kind of a pedestrian hitter. So I could certainly see the Dodgers only winning twice, especially with the Diamondbacks having a lot of a lot of good youngsters coming up. And I think the the Diamondbacks could challenge the Dodgers for several titles in the NL West. Once you got guys like Jordan Lawler at full, Tommy Troy looks really good. So you know, it could be dicey. So I think with the Dodgers, you know, their World Series history over the last 20 years, nothing's a guarantee, especially with a lot of the powers in the American League, the, the Orioles rising to power and the Yankees maybe retooling. So I think we're pumping the brakes on five World Series. Give me two. All right. Great stuff. Kenny Ducey, betting analyst, Action Network, the Game Day Covers.com contributor. You can catch him on the Tennis Channel as well. Kenny, great catching up with you, man. Appreciate it. You too. Baseball season is the best. Yes, it is. Denton Day, join us next year. You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. We'll be right back with You Better You Bet, presented by BetMGM. On the BetQL Network.